Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Gosa, founder of HerbertGosa.com. So today we were going to talk, uh, it, was, it was a great uh, a great idea, actually, which was in 2021, we did like a, hey, what's happening in 2021? What's What are the trends? Mm. Where are we going? And so this podcast is going to focus on 2022. What are the trends that are shaping the future of both language education and online tutoring uh, for the future? And so we're pretty pumped about talking <laughs> about this because we're, And part of it is also that we are noticing the difference between what we said and what really eventuated. First of all, I think we're pretty good. Uh, (laughs) I don't. We were pretty. Yeah, we were not that bad. Um, We'll see uh, what actually happened in 2021 and what we said. And uh, yeah, 2022, new year. Exactly. Um, So what you're going to hear today is first of all what we thought was going to happen and kind of comparing what did happen. And then looking further again, like what's going to happen this year. So I hope you find this interesting and helpful in your own planning and also maybe spotting where some opportunities are for your business. So uh, without further ado, let us uh, talk about, we're going to start off by talking about what we said was going to happen. Uh, So first of all, what was happening at the start of 2021, Herbert? I mean, COVID-19 was there. I think we did Mm -hmm. our, this was sort of the start of 2021. So it was very much lockdown central. There was like real fears about Mm. vaccines in a more kind of mainstream Mm -hmm. perspective. So there was like, are we going to have them? How safe are they? There was like a lot of travel hesitation, not just travel hesitation, like total restrictions actually. (laughs) Um, and, And I think hesitation for what, travel would be open you know it started 2021 we were already seeing countries really push um you know tutoring in their countries we were really worried about covid um creating a major recession major unemployment those sorts of kind of concerns people were already thinking of this idea of like a k-shaped recovery which is like good for some people and terrible Mm -hmm. for others uh, what were some of the other things that you remembered, Herbert? Uh, the struggling to trans- transition to online learning. I think this yeah. has followed us uh, from you know April 2020 uh, up until yeah. now. Um, and also kind of technology, new technology uh, supporting online yeah. teaching and then how that has uh, developed. Yeah, totally agree. And so out of those things, this was at the start of 2021. Mm. I really felt that they were pretty true most of 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, But some of the things that I think we were really worried about when I say we kind of the general population, or if you took some of the mainstream media, what they were getting us to to get worried about. Um, Some of our worst fears really didn't eventuate, which was great. So lockdowns, kind of stopped around sort of April and Mm -hmm. to a large degree they've stayed away um, in terms of like large scale long lockdowns except I'm from New Zealand so that was really tough (laughs) my own country countrymen Um, and Australia had a really kind of tough time but for the majority of like the northern hemisphere which had already done like long lockdowns and those sorts of things I feel like it it kind of opened up Um, what about you, Herbert? How do you feel that kind of ended up? 
working out in 2021? Definitely. I mean, especially when when looking at our kind of clients uh, mm-hmm. who we were doing some promotions, campaigns for in April, May, June, especially mm-hmm. for their summer programs, lots of hesitation, a lot of unknowns in terms mm-hmm. of travel restrictions and, and vaccines, but it ended up not being as bad as expected. Yeah. Uh, of course, it wasn't like a summer in 2020, 2019, yeah. but it was a good recovery. Um, and we're hoping to build on the, that this summer as well. So I think, yeah, it, it wasn't as bad as everyone expected. Um, the summer, though, wasn't, if you're doing a summer course, I, from my perspective, a lot of summer courses were interrupted. Is that not your experience with your, I guess maybe it really depends on who you're yeah. talking to. Like some people mm. have like a bad experience, but not terrible. But I do mm. feel like a lot of people did have to kind of cancel that, uh, mainly because of hesitation. I actually don't think sure. around summertime in Northern Hemisphere, there wasn't actually the same travel restrictions, but there was a lot of hesitancy uh, around it and like some difficulty with be able to plan, therefore get yeah. their stuff and, and kind of taking the punt that things were going to go um, stay open. Yeah, no, definitely. And there was a last minute, I, I think, surge in online summer yeah. camps, <laughs> for example, yeah. uh, in, in July, August, when mm-hmm. uh, people were stuck, you know, maybe they weren't able to go on that planned summer holiday yeah. and they were stuck at home and you know, what are they going to do with the kids? Yeah. Uh, and so at least with, with a couple of our clients, we, we saw a surge mm-hmm. in, in online enrollments, yeah. uh, which was interesting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I think one of the other things that didn't eventuate, which was certainly much better, was we didn't see kind of a major recession kind of wipe out economies or mm. anything like that, which was a major concern at the, the yeah. start of 2021. Uh, from what I've seen, like most employment data is still still fairly positive. Um, actually, I mean, again, there's like a lot of like other kind of big sort of level metrics that look fairly, fairly positive around like savings mm. rates and unemployment yeah. rates and that kind of thing. But generally, there's not kind of a, a sense of gloom and doom. Um, so that's Let's good. just not talk about inflation, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, inflation that... was one of those things that was a surprise, right? Like, and, and to be fair, if you're listening in, this has probably affected you in Either it's increased your own personal costs, um, but if you're hiring tutors or teachers, mm. I've definitely got customers uh, of LearnCube using our online school that have, and, and quite rightly so, felt that they've had to increase the, the pay of their, their teachers and tutors um, in reaction to inflation. And sometimes that's quite hard to pass those extra costs on to the customer particularly when it feels quite competitive. So I think that is quite a, it's been a tricky situation, I think, for language school owners and tutoring businesses for mm. that for that same reason. And I think hiring in general, finding yeah. good employees. I, I know you're uh, actively hiring at the moment yeah. for LearnCube, Alex. Um, maybe you can speak from experience and, and, and myself as well. It's, it's, it's become, I think, more difficult to find Good, good people um, yeah. just because there is uh, so much choice out there. People mm-hmm. are getting used to and love working remotely from yeah. home uh, and they, and they can make it work now. So yeah. why, why would they go back uh, to 
a job maybe they only had to to pay the bills or that yeah. was a, comf- a comfortable job uh when there are just so many more opportunities out there i think that's really true in that um if somebody is comparing an in person i have to be in a location compared to an online um you know, an online opportunity. I think people are mm. really choosing online. I really do feel this happens with tutors as well. I was talking with um, a really successful tutoring company in Canada and in a way, and at this, we're going to be touching on this, but like there's a lot of demand actually for in-person tutoring, but there's mm. a major shortfall in terms of tutors that want <laughs> to do it because exactly. they're realizing it just doesn't stack up. Yeah. If they have to if they're not paid significantly more, and this is the weird thing, mm. I really feel like online tutors, quite quite frankly, I, I think they could charge less than an in-person class. Why? Because the in-person class, it made total sense that you were basically paying not just for the tutor's time in like literally t- tutoring the, 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 the student, but there was the, the fact that you knew that they were going to have to travel you knew that they were going to have to be in a certain location, probably for a short amount of time, like maybe one or two hours. Exactly. Um, unless you, they were really like professional tutors that were spending like their whole workday there. But generally tutors and teachers often work in quite a like on-demand basis. But it adds so much extra logistics to meet somebody in person. Like even just when you think about, it's not, it's not even just the commuting. Like I'm just even noticing it now. Like you have to, you know organize yourself you maybe have to yeah. make yourself look a bit better or presentable <laughs> uh, exactly so all of these extra costs and I, yeah i don't see the demand for jobs in person going back that that's just my Me neither my opinion and so that means yeah. it's going to be harder for teach uh maybe uh physical tu- uh, tutoring companies and physical language schools because why would the tutor do all the commuting when it like adds maybe 50% of the costs on top and they're only paid or either they're paid exactly the same, which then again, like logically it doesn't make any sense for them to go in person Mm -hmm. or if they're paid more then that's difficult because you would have to increase the price. So the only real move that a, a tutoring company has is to actually be kind of meet the tutor where they are, which is like, if you want to, um, if you want the same rate, you have to do it in person. If you want online, it's a cheaper rate. And we pass mm. that saving on to the customer, which increases yeah. demand, uh, which I actually think in the tutoring business in particular, I think could really use it because some of the tutoring prices are staggeringly high. But equally, you know, I'm based in London. I can understand why people probably charge that 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 extra as well, because then you've got all the faff and it's not it's not cheap moving around. Uh, no. You know, if you, uh, if you're using public transport or if you've got other kind of, you know, thought, even just like doing an extra half hour both ways. Plus if you're in person, you've probably got the extra faff of, you know, I'm sorry to say, some people don't really want to be talking to the parents or if it's a, if it's a young person or even just the extra work that you know, that's going to happen of like the the chit chat that's going to happen around the session. Exactly. Just again, it's hard to make that, that, that justification, I think. I think the workforce is evolving and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's challenging for employers yeah. Um, yeah. to find people, especially for t- to come into the office or to come into a school. 
Yeah. I think if for tutoring businesses uh, and language businesses as well, uh, one, one thing that we were going to, um, I'll, I'll just go back to our, our whiteboard of what we were going to talk about. Um, but it was, so this uh, idea, so I think I've got the wrong one, haven't I? So uh, one of the things that we do feel is there is that, um, yeah, there's a bit of a, I think, return to, to wanting to do more in person from the customers, maybe a resistance from people actually, you know, the supply side of things um, mm. struggling with that. But that means there's also a lot of investment put. We, we, it's still seen that most of the growth is coming out of the online segment. Uh, but that means if you're a language or cheering business, you're going to have to hire more people that are either very tech capable, as in the tutor or teacher, or marketing-wise, much more um, tech and online focus, which means it's actually much harder to, to recruit people. I know myself, uh, kind of what you said before, Herbert, like we're still growing, we're still trying to hire people, trying mm. to hire developers is incredibly difficult. Oh, yeah. If you were trying to hire a um, even a contractor developer, I think you're really going to struggle uh, well, maybe not even struggle. Either you're going to have to wait longer, but more mm. likely you're going to have to pay more as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, because they're in such demand and it makes total yeah. sense as well. If they can work from anywhere, then they can get their business from anywhere. And that means, mm. uh, you know, it, it makes a big difference. Also, if you're from a lower income country, like I know, for example, Argentinians right now are really struggling to hire developers. Uh, for example, because all the developers in Argentina are wanting to work for international companies, of course. Uh, which makes, again, total sense yeah. because they've got a hard currency, which they can rely on. Um, there's demand there for them, and there's no reason why they couldn't do that work from Argentina. So it really creates some, some difficulties with even hiring local talent, depending on where mm. you're listening from today. So pretty fascinating, I think globalization <laughs> right? yeah. advantages and disadvantages of a digital uh, world. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think it's kind of fascinating in a way because uh, we were talking as well, like one of the trends that was there last year and it remains today is countries are wanting to help their students catch up. Um, that's a major fountain of uh, demand for tutoring at least. Uh, and even actually for language uh, learning as well, because countries are wanting to support their their citizens with education and, and language is often a, a major factor. So often they're actually putting more money into educational opportunities that are available for their citizens. So regardless, there's kind of money really there um, that wasn't there in 2019. So that, that money is, I think, kind of fueling demand mm. um, almost in every country. So I know in the UK, you know, there's a huge amount of money uh, set aside for improving tutoring, but we've seen similar um, funding come from the German government. Uh, and I think just in general, the, the, the United States has quite a difficult and very kind of, uh, what would you say, uh, polarized kind of yeah. education system. So mm -hmm. those that have money are spending more money on education because they, uh, or 
the schools that they've gone to are much better funded, so are able to have been able to switch online. So there's less catch up required. So again, regardless, there's still just huge demand for students to try and catch up in big parts of the uh, the population in almost every single country on uh, on the planet. So, um, and I think that's also kind of turning into the other trend that we already saw last year, but we're seeing absolutely in spades still in 2022 is this funding venture capital funding yes. uh ed tech businesses uh, what have you you said a phenomenal bit of news today herbert always you said that yeah i mean there's so much money uh being pumped into ed tech yeah. <laughs> uh, companies and just this week i think two days ago go student uh tutoring platform yeah. Uh, from Austria, from Vienna, actually, <laughs> just raised another 300 million euros uh, to amazing. expand globally. Uh, yeah. And that brings up their value, I think, to a staggering 3 billion in a very, very short time. So, uh, yeah, just putting it into context, I, I think it's a really good example of the staggering growth and valuations of tech companies. So, mm-hmm. For example, we were blown away when I think when we even when we were recording last year, when we were doing our trends analysis in 2021, that just raised 70 million. Um, And we were like, how, why? That is an insane amount of money. And then literally one year later, there's another 300 million uh, in the pan. And what this does for tutoring companies in particular is that money is going into market share. Uh, and it's, yeah. yeah, marketing. <laughs> I mean, you can you can be totally sure that I, I haven't seen what their their budget's looking like, but I would be surprised if even a third of that went into actual development. I would yeah. say that two thirds of that is going to be going into marketing and ensuring they kind of gain market, like basically brand domination. Yeah, but it does two things. One is it um, it does actually increase the overall demand for online tutoring. Uh, so this is something that even if there's a bit of like a return to in-person tutoring, as an example, the money that is thrown into marketing in-person tutoring is not going to be a remote fraction mm. of the money that's going into online tutoring. I mean, Ghost Student is just one example, but yeah. there are multiple examples of like major funding going into certain companies. Duolingo is another example that IPO'd. I think last year we were thinking it was going to be around the 2.4 million uh, billion mark that the valuation would end up. I think it's around 4 billion now. So even that's kind of crazy. Babel um, IPO, uh, Busu got acquired over the last uh, six months right. uh, at like basically close to half a billion. So it's like, regardless of whether or not you think in-person or online is going to be the dominant in terms of where the money is, Mm. particularly where the marketing dollars are going to come from. It's going to come from these venture capital funded companies, because again, that's their whole agenda is to put fuel on the fire of the certain business. And we're not seeing the same funding going into in-person tutoring businesses for sure. Unfortunately not. (laughs) Unfortunately not. Uh, Language businesses as well. I think one of the things Mm. that uh, we're really kind of excited for and rooting for is a lot of the in-person language schools, I think you're probably you know, good stuff. Uh, if you, uh, you know, it's been a really hard road for the last two years. I do see that that 
will rebound as people feel uh, people are feeling much more confident in traveling uh, even though there are still travel restrictions and travel hesitation but i think uh, actually if anything i think omicron has been a really uh, i had it myself uh, but people feel like okay it's not quite as severe if that continues i think that will still just make people feel more comfortable that, that worst case scenario is not that as scary as it used exactly. to be um, yeah. and i would probably put my money on it, it, it you've always got the black swan event where you could kind of have a variant that comes back and it's both insanely contagious and more like more hospitalizations are fatal but it it's not like if you're a betting person you're not going to put your money on that simply because no. variants tend to be softer and softer and look mm. for spreading rather than devastation uh, also there's just no real appetite for lockdowns now again knowing from new zealand that are probably the most recently in lockdowns there's just huge anti everything relating to to restrictions there's just no appetite for the population without like something getting more fatal and really scary i just don't mm. see people wanting to take on um yeah take that on so it's interesting right it is uh i'm quietly confident for um especially the study abroad yeah. uh sector <laughs> for this year um i i really want to see it come come back yeah. uh and i think there's nothing better nothing more exhilarating than traveling abroad and learning a new language in yeah. that country so uh rooting for all our clients and of course all of the all of the study abroad schools out there totally agree i mean even from an online perspective uh we want all those physical language businesses to have vibrant businesses i do mm. think all of those uh language you know, again if you're in person or online it is now definitely a both uh yes. i don't i mean even with variants kind of lessening there's no doubt that people are wanting the flexibility of both and so trying to create really streamlined experiences is something mm -hmm. that is going to be the trend again for this year even from a learn perspective we are seeing a lot more people interested in our api which is an embeddable solution mm -hmm. um so it might even like integrate with an existing software and i think the reason that that is becoming more interesting and that's why we're spending a lot of our efforts in terms of uh, redeveloping our kind of main online school product is that we see people wanting to add that flexibility but also create a really cohesive student experience i really feel that that is a major trend for this year is the professionalization of tutoring again and education people are mm -hmm. no longer okay with uh yeah, I'll send you a link here and you can meet me here. And then it just feels amateur. And I, I yeah. don't think that if you're trying to charge the same money, um, you're going to be able to, to, to do that without offering a lot of extra kind of personal attention that kind of softens those rough edges and the user experience. I agree. Uh, yeah. So from a marketing perspective, it doesn't change. Actually, we were talking about marketing, weren't we, Herbert? Mm. That there's not a lot of changes in terms of what the trends are there. Like, actually, you'd be the best person to talk about <laughs> but just starting us off. Like, video remains like uh, an essential video remains part of your absolutely essential, especially with the um, the rise of TikTok. And I guess TikTok has become now a very established uh, yeah. platform for Gen Z, and actually not just Gen Z, because we've seen the numbers mm -hmm. now. 
um, grown with other dem- aged age groups. Yeah. So, and that's purely 100% video. So short form video is still going to be number one. Yeah. User-generated content, of course. So mm-hmm. getting those videos from your students, getting them interactive with your school, um, with activities. Uh, and yeah, just, just focusing on that and and having a, uh, a broad uh, marketing channel yeah. um, that covers as many channels as possible without diluting your, yeah. your message. Uh, one of the other things that, remains true and it's it's been what we've we've said from the very beginning is niches become increasingly more important again Mm. i i think there is total legitimacy in that people can find a maybe a different way of delivering education that's unique um, and that's the way that they kind of stand out but you kind of want that plus some kind of like niche that you understand better than anyone else and particularly better than any of the big box education companies so we mentioned go go student from a tutoring perspective we mentioned duolingo it's just these are just two examples from a language and tutoring perspective you know that they're going to have lots of money and they're going to be throwing it at advertising and that means you have to be different to a mainstream marketing offer it's the only way that i can see people being able to stand out because otherwise you're just going head to head with a bigger budget a much more sophisticated marketing team much more data on their side and, and it's, it's going to be very hard to compete. Whereas a niche, whether it's geographically, like you can still totally like for tutors, particularly independent tutors, you can totally still win in a geographical area, particularly I think in tutoring because it's a bit more geographically limited and proximity yeah. and in-person can really help. So I kind of get that. And the language space though, very difficult for, I mean, geographical can, can kind of, work for an independent tutor but as soon as you're wanting to grow beyond a certain limit i just can't see how you can kind of compete against big bucks um and a general kind of wishy-washy kind of brand Uh, and that's why kind of picking niches plus geographical niches and being really smart with your partners and building those relationships and communities is going to be your your road to success so I don't know if you have any differences of opinion of, about that. Herbie, Absolutely but... not. I mean, it's the same. We've, we've been talking about uh, focusing on uh, and picking your niche for a long time, mm-hmm. and it couldn't be any truer um, today than it was two years ago. So yeah. uh, especially with, with all these uh, funds being pumped into, into these ed tech companies, mm-hmm. They're spending millions on marketing. You've got to differentiate yourself. Yeah, yeah. And and you may not find that. And the good news for you, though, is paid advertising may not pay off anymore, in which case Mm. your content marketing needs to be outshine uh, these big box companies, which it can, because if you talk to a niche, you can talk to that niche much better than anybody else. It doesn't cost you anything, but you just need to build those distribution partners to make sure the content gets out rather than just simply on a blog that, Nobody reads. You need your ways of getting your message out. Uh, The final thing that I think is going to be the big story of 2022 is sadly probably like geopolitics. Like we've already got a real dynamite year with, uh, oh, I shouldn't use that word, but with, uh, you know, Russia (laughs) and Ukraine, but also the China US Mm. story is, uh, is getting pretty nasty. And we saw actually, that was the thing we definitely didn't see. We only saw the rise of China. 
but we actually saw a massive fall of China, certainly from a tutoring perspective and even language education perspective. Yeah. New regulations just abs- not just blunted, but just devastated. Uh, probably what was 50% of the language learning market, possibly of, of global uh, language learning market. And, and even from a tutoring perspective, like there were probably at least half a dozen to a dozen like unicorn uh, Chinese tutoring companies that saw their valuations just totally destroyed. So mm. I would watch that space, but also so, so look for, for other opportunities. They're definitely there. And uh, we're going to finish up. Uh, today is I'm actually excited about 2022 though because I think overall it's a really positive story we kind of know what's coming a little bit because of 2021 um, yeah but we're gonna have to get we're gonna have to raise our game right everybody and learn, yeah learn Q, get more COVID, creative you know, <laughs> everything yeah, yeah. so um, thank you very much for listening we're really excited to have you uh, join us on our journey in 2022 please subscribe to the get more students podcast Uh, We really love this experience of talking, uh, learning together, collaborating together, and also having guest speakers. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and we'll see you in the next one. Catch you in the next one. Bye.